You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. He'd be William Money out of Missouri. Kill women and children. That's right. I've killed women and children. Killed just about everything that walks or crawled at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill. For what you did to Ned. What is up, everyone? My name is Jake, and this is another episode of The Rotten Pea, where four friends sit down and review movies you absolutely should have already seen. Uh, I think I said my name is Jake already, and I'm here with three of my friends. What's up? My name is Zach. We have like a we have like a, a season two and a half Zach right now because the we're we're recording remotely, but looking at you right now, you're in like a a really weird room. Uh, I'm in my living room, but we're moving, and so. There's, there's like boxes behind me. It doesn't look anything like what my living room usually looks like. Yeah. Which is why we're recording remotely because uh, I have to move on the day that we originally were going to record. So sorry. Sorry, Tots. Sorry, guy. Uh, I was apologizing to you guys. Oh. <laughs> you don't but care I, about the listeners? Sorry. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Who am I kidding? I don't care about the listeners. <laughs> and I'm Scott. And I'm Tyler. And uh, today, we're going to be reviewing a movie I'm very nervous to talk to you guys about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am ready to get hurt again. I'm it's not, I'm not nervous. I'm just, I'm just dreading it, man. Man. Wow, dreading it. <laughs> I'm not dreading, but just, it's, it's just not necessarily what I want to be talking about after a long day of work. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. What would I you rather that. be talking about? Uh, Requiem for a Dream, <laughs> Wally, Lethal Weapon. I would honestly probably rather die than watch Requiem for a Dream again. <laughs> <laughs> that is also fair. That is fair. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a particularly poignant joke that Zach made because this episode was actually supposed to be recorded like four weeks ago, uh, because we batch record, which we've told you all this before but if you're new we, we batch record our episodes uh and we were supposed to record this four weeks ago but uh scott, my and I, fault. scott and i got into an accident and uh we can now uh legally we're, we're allowed to say that we ruined our hr guy's trailer yeah he's uh don't worry though he's using our uh rotten potato insurance to yeah. <laughs> cover it <laughs> Thankfully, he got us really good insurance, mm-hmm. and and he's using that. So we had to give up the S because it's the rotten potato insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was what we had to sacrifice. The only bummer is they pay people in potatoes. <laughs> so Dan just got a bunch of potatoes in in return for his broken trailer. A whole bushel, in yeah. fact, a bushel of potatoes. Yep. Uh, so anyway, we're we're late getting to record this episode. Uh, because Scott and I just didn't have the chance to watch the movie when we were supposed to record this four weeks ago, uh, and so we're we're making up lost time though. Well, and the thing too is that you guys were gonna watch it like the day before we were supposed to record. Yeah, yeah. 
and so, we got home super late that day after working all day, like in the heat, like lifting heavy things all day. And then we got in an accident yeah, on the way home. And so we didn't end up getting home until after nine. And I was like, I just don't have it in me, Tyler. I'm so sorry. I'm going to call Jake and Zach and ask them if we can hold off. Scott never calls me. I was scared, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who died? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jake, how many, I've probably called you, what, like four or five times, and probably like 80% of those have been to like say something negative. They're all crises. <laughs> I was going to say, how many people have died? Uh, a lot. Too a many. Yeah, yeah, well, all that, all that to say, you guys were going to originally watch it the day before. So that being said, I already watched it. And so <laughs> by this point, I watched it like a month and a half ago. Yeah, me too. I don't really remember it. I watched some clips today, you know, I, to get myself Zach, back into it. To be fair, Zach, I don't think that has anything to do with how long ago you watched it. That's a good point. <laughs> and I, I think it does. I think it, it, like, I do have an issue remembering movies, but this exacerbated it. Yeah, yeah. So sure. by this point, it's it's like I didn't even watch it. Well, do you know what's funny uh, is that Tyler and I were both sitting down watching this movie and realized at some point in the middle of it that we had both seen this movie before. Like, we just had no <laughs> recollection that we had seen this movie before. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Until, like, yeah. a certain scene happened, and we were both like, oh, I've seen this. Wait, I mean, what, that, what scene was it? That happened for me pretty early on. We had different scenes. Yeah, oh. Funny. Yeah. So pretty early on, like, the first scene, I was like, I think I've seen this movie before. And then the scene uh, where the kid goes to try and recruit uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, I remember no names in this movie other than uh, little little Billy, little Bob, little Sebastian, little Sebastian, uh, and the uh, Schofield kid. Those are the only names I remember from this movie. So does that say something about the movie that I watched it? a month and a half ago and I don't remember anything. And you guys had previously seen this movie both and you both forgot about it. Well, I had only seen it once and it was one of those things where like I had like walked into the room where my dad was already watching it. And so I don't think I saw the very beginning. I had just seen like maybe a third in through the end. Okay. So I, I don't even think I knew the name of it when I had watched it before. And I will say like, I, uh, I watched a lot of westerns with my grandpa growing up. Uh, he's really into westerns, um, and I don't. They're not necessarily my cup of tea. Like I've, I've just never attached to them, and so a lot of them blended together for me. And a lot of them I just didn't even know the name. Like I just sat down to watch a movie he liked with him. Yeah. Uh, the the only two that I really love, like I that I really love, is westerns. Um, are Quigley Down Under and uh, Lonesome Dove. What about like uh, No Country for Old Men, I think is considered a Western, right? Like a neo-Western? Yeah, I like neo-Westerns quite a bit. I, I, It's just this era of Westerns, like coming out of the spaghetti Western phase. So a lot of the Clint Eastwoods, the John Waynes, the uh, Tom Selleck's, <laughs> Like, did Tom Selleck do Western with, uh, just... <laughs> with Leonardo DiCaprio in it? What, do you guys remember the name of that? Have you guys seen that? No. Django? No, 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 no. There's when he's it's young Leo. It's it was a while ago. Are I'll you sure? 
I'm I pretty think you made sure. it up. Well, you know what? I feel like this movie stands out for westerns. It's one of four to win Best Picture uh, ever. What What are the other three? Do you know, Jake? Uh, no Country for Old Men, uh, Dances with Wolves, and I don't, I can't remember the other one right now. So, uh, can someone define a neo western for me? Uh, I will. Uh, but first, uh, I want to cut in and answer Scott's question. Leonardo DiCaprio was apparently in a Western. Uh, also with Gene Hackman, I think. Uh, I don't see that. Uh, oh, no, he is. Uh, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, uh, Sharon Stone. It's called The Quick and the Dead. It came out in 95, so just a couple years after this movie. Uh, and it's directed by no less than Sam Raimi. It's really? actually I actually really like that one. I just I remembered it right now. I want to watch that a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of the most obscure movies I've ever heard of, and Scott has seen it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's a stacked movie, guys. It I is, mean, it how's it rated? Has, it's oh. not rated super high. It's 57 on the other guys and a 6.4 on IMDb. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sharon Stone, Gene, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, uh, Kevin Conway, uh, Gary Sinise and Leo DiCaprio. Wow. I mean, like, really stacked cast. And Sam Raimi, like, who knew that Sam Raimi had done a Western? It's one of the Westerns that sticks out to me. Like, when people talk about Westerns, that's one of the ones that comes to mind. Like, I, I vividly remember scenes from that movie. It's, it's clearly not because none of us have ever heard of it besides Scott, but it sounds like a movie that you absolutely should have seen. You know yeah, what? Yeah, just... By by uh, cast and crew, for sure. Yeah. I'll say I, this. I think if we did do that one, it would be one of our better-liked Westerns. Really? I think, it, I, I think it's... I don't know. I think it has, like, a different take on it. Like, it's, okay. a, little, it's a little more modern of a... Yeah, but at the same time... And I think that's probably why it's rated lower, is because people of this era wanted the other kind of Western. I think it was maybe a little bit of ahead of its time. Gotcha. So, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but, like, neo-Western is, like, a, uh, a, a type of, so Westerns have really typical, like, characters, settings, themes kind of a thing, and they, uh, like, ham-fist that into, like, a modern, uh, story, um, but, mm. I mean, it, they've done very well, I, I really like them, No Country for Old Men is one. Um, where it's like a very typical Western plot, very typical yeah. Western characters, where you have like the uh, like dark hero. Like Westerns don't really have clean heroes. Their heroes are have a really dark side to them, uh, and you know, villains are also like like all of the characters are just a little bit more like neutralized like villains even really aren't like evil villains they're just in opposition to the protagonist um and so like westerns really have like a a specific structure to them and so neo-western is a western structure but in a modern uh setting so i think you were talking about what like this movie is which i think is uh, like a revisionist western or an anti-western because I think that like these were like this was a very fresh take even at the time on 
like the the white hat, black hat, good guy, bad guy thing. Um, I believe. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, you're right. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, I love this but movie. Should I don't know. Up? I mean, even even older. I maybe maybe I, I'm I just have a bad read on it, and and you can feel free to like correct me with like real evidence. But I feel like most westerns the uh the the hero the protagonist is not really much of a white hat like i guess maybe if you're looking at like um you know uh w- the westerns that were um like bill not billy holiday uh who am i thinking of jake like uh, tom mix and i'm really blanking bill so I'll yeah. cut in real quick. Uh, I I can't give any examples because I've seen very few westerns. But um, I remember learning about this in one of my film classes back when I was a film minor for two semesters. That the <laughs> spaghetti western really like popularized that idea of like kind of the uh, the not clean cut hero, and that like okay. kind of prior to spaghetti westerns, they kind of were that way a little bit. The hero was like the very much like an all around noble no flaw kind of hero and then the villain was obviously the complete opposite of that in the spaghetti western kind of like did away with that a little bit i think that that was kind of met with like a lot of opposition but then also some other people kind of like really embraced that so i I think that the term white hat is because the hero wore a white hat and the villain wore the black like they they were that uh yeah but um yeah no Oh wait, sorry. I, uh, so I was I was thinking of by the way Gene Autry is who I was thinking of Gene Autry Tom Mix like they mm. were a little bit older uh, Western stars uh, Gary Cooper lots uh, lots of roads named after Gene Autry yeah yeah in fact uh, yeah just lots of roads named after he he was a big deal in California so um. Anyway, you want to jump into the facts? Yeah, we can do the facts. Uh, so before we do the facts, actually, I'd love to hear Jake. Why? Why did you nominate this movie? Um, I really love it. I have seen it a bunch of times, and I I was trying to think of if I was going to pick a Clint Eastwood Western movie that you guys would like. Okay, this would be it. Uh, I love everything about it. I think it's like uh, I I like the kind of the as much as I love Westerns, I like this kind of like deconstruction of the Western and like the, like no, nobody's who you expect them to be. And everybody's kind of, it's like deep, like taking away uh, like the myth, the myth of the old West. I like a lot of that. I think that this is a role that only Clint Eastwood would have, could have played and done successfully. So I'm excited to hear why you guys don't think that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I like, I, I like it a lot. And I liked it watching it this time more than I ever have. Oh, good. Well, well, if nothing else, Jake, you got a lot of enjoyment. I did. <laughs> a, a little bit of uh, just the facts about this uh, movie. Uh, Unforgiven was uh, written by, or I'm sorry, directed by Clint Eastwood, written by David Webb Peoples. Uh, it was released August 7th, 1992, which I was a little surprised by. I, I had imagined that this would be older than it was. I, I think that's uh, David. Was there a typo I mean, on our sheet? There's an E at the end of his name. Oh, not so, on IMDb. 
Oh, there's a, it's I, a typo I, on our I sheet then. It, so it's David Webb. <laughs> it's David now. <laughs> it is David <laughs> For, now. Forever going forward on RP, it's David. <laughs> yeah, uh, for all the other movies we do that he did. Didn't he write like Blade Runner or David. something? He wrote something really famous. Look it up. Oh, uh, Blade Runner. The other guy. <laughs> he he wrote was Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Okay. Sorry, David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other guys gave this a 96%. Uh, IMDb has it at an 8.2. Uh, it made $159 million box office on a $14 million budget. Solid. Very solid. So that's impressive. I mean, even just honestly $159 million uh, in box office, that that's up there. Like, we haven't had, uh, other than WALL-E, which is a little bit of an outlier, we haven't had anything that high since Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, it's so funny looking at the stats on all of the movies we pick. My box office is, like, triple everyone else's. I just keep picking all the, like, super big, like, Hollywood movies. Summer blockbusters, yeah. yeah. And you guys keep picking all the, like, smaller, artsy, probably better movies. <laughs> And Jake keeps picking westerns. Uh, <laughs> I've done that many. <laughs> I've done like joking, three or Jake. four, actually. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm. I don't know if you guys hear anything, but I'm messing with my camera. Really out of focus. Yeah, we noticed that it was out of focus, but we can also still hear you. Uh, this was uh, a, got four Academy Awards. It won for Best Picture, uh, Best Supporting Actor for Gene Hackman, Best Director for Clint Eastwood, and Best Film Editing. And it was nominated for, but lost uh, five additional Academy Awards for Best Lead Actor for Clint Eastwood, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Set Deck, and Best Sound. That's a lot of awards. Yeah, nine total noms. Like, that's... That's impressive. That's huge. Did you say Best Set Deck? Set Set Decoration. Oh, okay. It's just what we call it in the biz. Oh, I just... I had no idea what that meant. Especially here at RP, we call it Set Deck. Yeah. And it's by the way, Scott, before you before you try to badmouth the year 1992, it is the year that uh, what's what's that movie that we did at the beginning? Um, Independence Day. No, the the, the lawyer movie with Tom, yeah, a few good men uh, came out and lost to this movie for yeah. Oh, that's right, a few good men lost to that. That's a big oof. <laughs> what you mean like a, a big oof on the academy's on the academy. part yeah yeah well but here i'm kind of bearing the lead a little bit i actually didn't dislike this movie very much just so you know getting into it now, so. i do think that but, a few good men is a better movie than this movie i love this movie and i'd watch it again before i, watch I definitely think a few good men is better than this movie but i didn't dislike this movie but i just want to point out that uh of the last like 20 or 30 episodes uh in terms of nominations this is in the league of uh king speech godfather and one flew over the cuckoo's nest in terms of nominations uh godfather was nominated for 11 total nomination 11 total awards king speech for 12 uh and one flew over the cuckoo's nest for nine and then this tied third or fourth place for uh or third place i'm sorry tied third uh for total nominations of the last like 20 episodes how was it compared to spirited away uh it blew spirited away out of the water uh because spirited (laughs) away uh only was nominated for and won one award i I guess that's better than most of the movies i've done (laughs) can this this be a zero (laughs) 
Can this be I a segment? Wait, oh, can this be a segment going forward? Like, can we compare every just movie? Every movie the spirit of the way. <laughs> just like, how and did we'll it win just more reiterate. Than one. We'll reiterate See, I, the spirit of the way didn't win anything. It won one. Best animated feature. Because as we're looking here, like Zodiac wasn't nominated for anything or win anything, and it was a far superior movie. To the, to which one? Away. Oh yeah. <laughs> just spirit away. So we're also, not only is this going to be an ongoing segment, it's going to be a uh, grandfathered segment where we're also just going to go back and compare all the previous <laughs> yeah, movies yeah. we've Yeah, done. what we'll yeah. do is we'll do the movie that we're doing currently, and then we'll pick <laughs> one from our back catalog. We're also going to pick one from the future. I'm looking here, and coming up in November at some point, we have Escape from Alcatraz, which didn't win anything or be nominated for anything. So I don't think that we actually have that coming up. I think... Uh... Oh, did we change it? I think we're I think we're we're cutting some things around. Oh, okay. Well, oh, just so you know, season three. Schindler's list is still happening, so nice. Buckle up. Well, that's got twelve, so that's. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see if Schindler's list is a better movie than Spirited Away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that Schindler's list was tur- putting up Return of the King numbers for uh, Academy Awards. Oh yeah. That's why I kept saying, like, this is absolutely a movie. Yeah, you no, have seen. Schindler's <laughs> List is without a doubt. It's one of the most absolutely movies you should have seen that we've that we'll ever do. No, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that at all. More than Steve Zissou? <laughs> Steve Z? Maybe, maybe it's Steve Z is up there. Like, it's like it's probably Indiana Jones. I guess I'll give it to Schindler's List, and then for sure Steve Z. You know what? And then, oh, sorry, I was gonna talk about Steve Z a little bit. Uh, no, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say about my Steve Z. work. Uh, Slack picture is um, what's his name? Uh, Hans is that Willem Dafoe's character? Willem Dafoe, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I realized uh, not that long ago that uh, it's kind of a faraway picture, and I haven't met anybody that I work with in person, honestly, since like COVID. I don't know if they think that's what I look like. I don't show my video. So they just ever. think you look like middle-aged Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I don't show them my video. I think that might be what they think I am. In a blue tracksuit and a red beanie. Yeah. Why don't you share your video? That kind of actually bugs me when people don't share their video. Well, because nobody really shares their video, so I would be the only one. You know? Interesting. All right. Well, before we jump into this uh before we jump into talking about this movie, and this may be something we have to cut because I really don't remember, Scott, you had mentioned to me the other day you'd proposed a new segment. What was that? Do you remember? Oh, dang. I did propose a new segment. It was, I uh, don't remember what it was. Is this movie better than Spirited Away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what it was. No, it was it was something really good. I remember being like, oh, that's a great idea. We should definitely do I that. I forgot what it was. But speaking of that, here's a just off on a different tangent. Uh, maybe I'll remember the other segment soon. Um, I heard some, um, I got some feedback oh. that that we should bring back when we're rating uh, things from the movie. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's something that uh, the, the fans want. Who said that? Uh, it's it's from Tom and Mitch. Oh okay. I'll do. I don't think we've ever doxed anyone's last name on this. <laughs> until now, but we'll bleep it. We'll bleep it. Okay. Uh, I'll do it for Tom. We're going to have to bleep we'll every mention Tom? of Tom. 
you'll you'll believe it or you'll you'll let it stand for Tom. I'll I'll incorporate things from the movie back into the rating oh, for Tom. Got it. I yeah. don't know how to bleep. That's that's you guys. Yeah, uh, we'll do it on the the back end. No, I I agree with you. If it was anyone else, I would probably say no. That's not coming back. But I'll I'll do it for Tom. If it was you anyone know, else, I probably wouldn't have brought it up. That's fair. Along those lines, um, I think that I might say that Independence Day is a better movie than Spirited Away. You really think so? I think I I mean in terms of enjoyability, without a doubt. <laughs> I'll be honest, right, I did Jake. not hear Zach for some of that, so I don't even know what he said besides Independence Day is better than Spirited Away. I didn't either, but I carried on like a champ, and you just ruined that for Wait, us. So. You guys didn't Zach, hear me? Am Zach, I cutting out? Zach is straight cutting out. Right Zach now. sounds like a robot. That's, that's not like going to come did through. A couple weeks ago, I think we leave this in. Yeah. Oh, just 100%. so the thoughts can experience this with yeah. us. We're going to have to. There's going to be so many conversations that we decide here that we're going to edit out that we're just going to leave in for the tots you know <laughs> <laughs> like bleeping tom <laughs> last name <laughs> just, just keep right, saying it bleep it again <laughs> all right oh man all right well let's uh let's break jake's heart and jump into this movie what do you say let's do it uh who were who the late bloomers well Zach, I, were you a late bloomer I was going to say, I hope that nobody had seen it because apparently Scott and Tyler both watched it and didn't know. I would still consider myself a late bloomer, though, because I didn't remember, like, the plot or anything. I just remembered a few scenes from it. That's fair. Zach, are you able to speak to us again now? Uh, I'll speak. I mean, I'm recording myself, so I... Yeah, I think that the the tots will get this audio even if you guys can't hear it. That's correct, yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, you're, oh, you're sweet. better than you were. Okay. Um, should I should I go for it? Yeah, jump in. My, were my you, thoughts. You were a late bloomer, right? I was a late bloomer, yeah. Hit us. Um and I'm I think I'm probably where Scott is in that I, I didn't dislike this movie. Um I didn't think it was bad. Uh but I also didn't like really care for it and I don't understand what makes it as special as it is. And so maybe uh, Jake can kind of speak to that and, uh, and, and kind of help me understand a little bit because I don't have much context for Westerns. Um, but I, I just, I didn't find the story very compelling. I thought it was pretty slow. Clint Eastwood was Clint Eastwood. Um, I thought some of the dialogue was a little cheesy, but it was, it was kind of an interesting story. Um, I honestly, I don't think I really have much positive to say about it. Like, <laughs> but it, it was kind of like Tombstone where it's just like, it wasn't, well, no, okay. I'll, I'll say it's, it's probably much better than Tombstone because I think Tombstone was actually probably pretty bad. Um, but I, all I can say is that like, it's not bad, but I can't really tell you like what I liked about it. Cause there was, I don't know if there was really anything that I really liked about it. Can I just say that uh, I have never been successful at explaining to you why a lot of these things <laughs> are special. <laughs> I think that's a quarter of the podcast. But I mean, you you were talking about how it's like the deconstruction of the Western. Like I I thought you knew like what that meant. Sure, sure, yeah. But uh, that's I don't think it's gonna make you like it any better. Well, maybe it will. It, maybe it'll at least make me appreciate it more. And like understand like why this like won so many awards and why it's like regarded as such a great movie and 
on the AFI, it's like 68 on the AFI is like best movies ever. Is it? Is it not? Uh, I think that is right. Yeah, so clearly it's a big deal, and clearly there is something that I'm missing. All right. Well, also, I, I hope I can. Before I forget, because I will forget, uh, we have to make a correction for something that we said on the Wally episode that's not true. Planes is not Pixar. Oh, what? Wait, hold it's, on. It's only Disney, but it's not Pixar. Oh. And apparently it's not canon to the Cars cinematic universe. Wow. Who, wow. Who's corrected us there? My neighbor, Hazel. Wow. Shout out to Hazel. How old is she? Why, why does that matter? Is she like six? <laughs> How did you not see that coming? No. I mean, I guess I, I get the point, but like she would have been like one then when Planes came out. <laughs> so she is like six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was one when Planes came out, yeah. Also, what, nice. what kid is just watching all the cartoons when they come out? It's not like I... When did Bambi come out? A long time ago, right? I still watch Bambi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so, but I also for sure watched movies when they came out. I saw Little Mermaid in theaters. Yeah, but that doesn't preclude you. Like, like say she could she could really be into planes right now. She's six, you know. Doesn't matter. I guess I I get the point. I get the joke. I guess, but it, I didn't make that connection right away because like I I never talked to kids about Pixar, but I talked to plenty of adults about Pixar, and there's a ton of adults that have extensive Disney knowledge. I don't think I talk about Pixar aside from this podcast last episode. <laughs> With anyone? <laughs> yeah. Who talks really? about Pixar? Well, we do have a podcast that reviews movies, and we did just review and release an episode about a Pixar movie. So. Yeah, as we said last just, episode. Pixar, I, I've Pixar always, doesn't just come up in my life. I've always felt like Pixar was like kind of the, like, the, the cartoon that could breakthrough to kids and adults like adults are get just as excited about pixar movies as kids do i agree with you i'm, I'm with you zach I, I i think scott's crazy i mean i think those things are true i just don't ever hear people talking about pixar oh maybe <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're not talking to enough people i mean that's uh absolutely accurate i mean i am a five on the enneagram all right, uh, I'll give my thoughts about this movie, <laughs> my, my first blush. I guess I was a late bloomer. I, I don't know, because I did not remember a single thing about this movie except for a couple of shots that, by the way, were really beautiful. I thought this movie was stunning. Like, I really thought it was a very beautifully shot movie. Um, it looked like what we got to watch was, like, recently digitally remastered. Um and I mean, it it was gorgeous. Um, well, what's funny is I look at the the date and it says ninety two, and I think, oh, it's not that old. But then I think about what year it is. And I'm like, oh, that's thirty years old. Yeah, it's thirty years old. The like movies have come have evolved a lot. Like the technology for for movies has evolved a lot since nineteen ninety two. You know what's crazy is Clint Eastwood was at thirty years into his career at this point, and it's thirty years later, and the man's got a movie coming out this year, another western. Yeah, that's insane to me. How's he doing it? Uh, but I, I, I really, I wanted to like this movie a ton. Uh, that was Jake. The, the little cup drop. Did something break? No, my coaster stuck to my glass. Oh, got it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I really wanted to like this movie, and I would say for the first half of it, 
I was really into this movie. I liked it a lot. And then it just didn't develop enough for me from there. Like, the story was so predictable and, like, just flat. Like, it just felt like a really flat plot to me to the point where when Morgan Freeman's character dies off camera, by the way, which was, uh, it's always obnoxious to me when yeah, a, a movie does that. The movie. Uh, and, like, the stakes are, like, high because he's, you know, he's the best friend and, you know, he, like, Clint Eastwood's character breaks his, like, sobriety upon hearing that he died. But I just couldn't care less. And I'm, like, like asking myself, like, why don't I care about this death? And I think it was just that they just didn't develop the friendship enough. They didn't develop that character enough for me to even care that he died. And then they just seemed to, like, really offhand it with him dying off camera, like... Like, it wasn't important, but then they're trying to retroactively make it important. So the the whole, like, last half of the movie, until he confronts little little Bill, uh, like, that scene, the, the final scene of the movie I loved, the first half of the movie I loved, everything in between that really drug on for me. Yeah, I, I definitely think killing him off screen was one of the worst decisions made by the director. Although I would say I didn't by love. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, best director of that year. The best director of that yeah, year. The best director. No, he No, he lost. He, no, he won. He he won oh, best he director. Yeah. Yeah. Um He just lost best actor. I'll say this though. I actually wasn't a huge fan of the final fight scene. It just didn't make sense to me. Like with all those guys with guns. Why would 15 people all surrender and walk away and just let him kill the sheriff? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, if they all just pulled out their guns, it would have been over. I have a lot to say about the last scene. And <laughs> it's it it's my favorite final confrontation, I think, in, uh, in movies. But I go back and forth on whether or not I think it is really just Dang, flying in the face of... Uh, that, like, kind of just bummed me out that that's your favorite. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's spectacular. I don't know what why? what do you think is better? I'm interested first let's start with why you think it's the best. Oh, it's just I don't know. Well, one, obviously I I love I love Clint. Uh and so but I did the the rain, the drama, the thunder and then he just he comes in and he's just you know, so cold and cool after he was not the whole movie, you know, and then you're like is he who he said he was? And then all of a sudden he is, and then he just kills everybody, uh, which I think is great, honestly. And I think it's like a lot of a lot of things in the movie where like, you know, like little Bill kind of talks about it where he's like, oh, you have to be um, cool headed and that's how you win. And then everybody else is panicking. So like kinda, it kind of made sense in the movie. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things I like about it. We'll probably get into a lot of it. but Yeah, I don't know. I felt like one, it was really short. Like, you kind of have, like, this whole movie for the the buildup at the end to be just done. Uh, to the lack of the friend being killed on screen, like, the you just don't have the emotional connection that you could have had going into the final scene and really, like, have been on his side and, and like, been rooting for him more. And then the whole fight itself was just unrealistic. I don't think you're supposed to be rooting for him necessarily. You know, like, it's kind of like, 
he's, you know, he, the whole time he's supposed to be this like redeemed man. And then at the end of the day, you don't, you don't know that he is and you don't necessarily see I, I, that. I feel like the movie for sure sets him up as like who you like are supposed to, or like at least it sets him up as like, they hope that you are rooting for him, but the question is, like, should you, like, on an ethical level kind of be rooting for him? But I feel like he, they definitely present him as, like, this is the character you're rooting for. I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, he. I guess I am rooting for him, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, what, like, no... What, what would you be rooting for, then, if not him, to succeed in, in Avenge his friend's death? That's true. Like that. That's why I, I. I guess I would concede that to you. But I think like the whole movie. I don't think that they. I think it's like a very like, de de glorification of the violence and the violent people. And so like I don't think that you're supposed to walk away and be like, wow, that will money, you know, good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if they really wanted to deglorify it, they should have had him die. I don't think that that's necessarily true because he still got away with everything yeah well, and, and then he went uh, i don't know like he went back and then just like took his kids and then his his mother-in-law never got to see their grandchildren again and well and and <laughs> i'm i'm gonna incorporate something jake that you and i kind of talked about off air because i thought this was a really interesting point that you made even though it kind of undercuts like the the significance of the scene but you had kind of talked about how you were conflicted about that ending scene because one theme of the movie that I actually found I thought was a really interesting theme was kind of this idea of like legends and what makes a legend and are there really any truth to them or are they just like folk tales that have just been passed down and greatly exaggerated and one of the things you're wondering is like is that the case with Will Money and then it kind of just proves that that's not the case. Yeah, that's why I feel like in some ways it kind of flies in the face of some of that. But at the same time, I think like every like every character, like every major character in the movie, I feel like is shown to be like a liar or just not who they say they were or like not who you expect them to be. You know, like you ex you see Clint Eastwood in this movie and you expect him to be the cool gunslinger because that's who he has been in all these movies before and he's yeah falling face first into pig poop you know and then like Ned his like outlaw friend can't kill anybody and little Bill is just a bully and English Bob can't really kill anybody unless they're defenseless you know and I so. I will say in this and and uh Schofield kid is blind. Yeah. <laughs> and so like <laughs> you have this whole like is is he really like he's he thinks that he's turned over a new leaf and he wants to like tell himself he's turned over a new leaf. But then at the end of the day, I think that might be his his undoing like everybody else had of like he's lying to himself and he's not who he's portraying himself to be either because he's still this cold-blooded killer. I'll say a couple things real quick. Um, kind of hearing about how uh, a lot of these characters go against type, it doesn't necessarily make me enjoy the movie more, but it does for sure make me appreciate the movie more. I, and I do find that really interesting. And I forgot there was something, because I said earlier I can't think of anything that I liked about this movie. I really liked Gene Hackman in this movie. I really, oh, yeah. I, I actually really liked his character. Like, if I'm gonna root for any character, it would probably be him. I just really? found him the most 
engaging and interesting and uh like to me he was the cool and collected one throughout the movie and i think that it sounds like that was probably intentional um but he just he just seemed like the most badass out of all of them and so i just liked him it's and me, i think gene hackman played that character well no i i, I, I mean gene I think, hackman did a great job but to me he came off as a bully like just kind of like willing to push people around when he could but then you know he finally comes up you know, face to face with Will Money and he dies. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I would agree with that, but I also don't remember enough about this movie to argue my point. Well, like when he goes to take English Bob, he chooses to take his gun and he takes his gun, waits for him to be disarmed, and he just beats was, him in the street. <laughs> that was, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the jail scene. I really liked the jail scene. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a cool scene. I liked that a lot. I don't yeah, remember I, the scene you're talking about. <laughs> so, you don't remember him being beaten in the street before the jail scene? Um, when uh, when his biographer pees his pants in front of everybody, I vaguely remember it, but yeah. I don't remember like what led up to that. Uh, he lied about having a gun, and Gene Hackman took it from him and then beat him up. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny. I I agree with Zach, but maybe for very different reasons. I feel like Gene Hackman's character was my favorite character, but it's mostly because I feel like Gene Hackman's character, Little Bill, was the only character that they bothered to develop at all. Like, he was the most developed character by far. Like, we spent so much time really unpacking, like, his, uh, like, his morality we spent a lot of time unpacking his uh skill and his background we spent a lot of time we just spent a lot of time on little bill as a character more than we spent time with anyone else as a character yeah i i just i felt like his character was inconsistent with the whole at the beginning the girl gets her face all cut up and all he does is make them give her horses. Well, not give her horses. Give uh, give Skinny the the saloon yeah. owner yeah. horses. Yeah. So like for me, it's like okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, now you're killing people to protect those people. Like, I don't know. I I see both sides. I I wouldn't say I would call him like a a greatly developed character. But I also don't know if I would call him a bully either. Like, I feel like my big, biggest issue was that first decision doesn't seem to follow with the rest of the decisions the character makes. I also don't think he's necessarily that cool and, like, capable. Like, he can't even... Like, I, I, I don't know why else they're showing him building his own house or failing to build his own house, except for to show that he's not necessarily as capable as you think he is, you know? Or as he wants everyone to believe he is. Yeah, because he, he can't build his house right. No, that's fair. I'm, I mean, I, I agree with you about that. I, I, I think, again, like, I, I, I'm not going to die on the hill of him being the most capable, but he was certainly the most developed character. Like, we spent more time on him than anyone else in, in terms of, like, character development. Funny thing about uh, Gene Hackman was he was approached to play Will Money of 20 years before this movie got made because it kind of floated around for a while. Uh, and then he turned it down and then Clint Eastwood bought the rights and asked him to be a uh, little bill. And I guess that he, he wanted to do that instead, but I'm glad really? I don't, I think I would have, 
I don't think I would have liked him as Will Money, but I liked him a lot as Little Bill. Yeah, I think Gene Hackman's probably better as Little Bill than than Will Money. Although I think there could have been a better person than Clint Eastwood, so it doesn't matter. Ah, uh, I strongly disagree. Why do you think that? I just don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> All right. He he's the same person in every role. I he shows no emotion in anything. Well, I think one that's why like i he's showing no emotion whatever like the, I, I guess that's the the typecast he got in the westerns like the the brooding quiet guy but i think that that's why nobody else could play it because like you see him and you have these expectations of who he is and who he's going to be almost exclusively because of roles that he's played in the past where like he played the cool gunslinger like this is almost like the man with no name retired to be a pig farmer and really like try to reform himself. And now like that's why I feel like you could take any main character from any popular Western and put them in this role and they would have done the same exact thing. I'm not talking about character. I'm I'm, I'm talking about like the expectations that you have built around seeing Clint Eastwood. As an actor, I'm saying take any lead actor from any Western that's big and put them into this role and they would have done it probably better. Hmm. I think uh, being divorced of any of that context uh, and pr- approaching this probably similar to how Scott and I both did, I can see where Scott's coming from in that like Clint Eastwood's performance didn't really inspire much. But knowing all of that and having all of that context, uh, I think that, that Jake is providing, I think makes uh, that role... Uh, important and i see where jake's coming from i I see his point for that um and i think the people that probably grew up watching clint eastwood's westerns that was probably very effective for them um i I could see how that would be the case and i think knowing that after the fact because i I didn't really realize any of that until jake explained it to me um and it made me really appreciate uh that aspect of the movie and so i i do think that that's kind of cool that it is clint eastwood who is is playing against his own type. Yeah, I'm I mean, I get that, but part of that for me just feels a little bit like this is like the the path that led us to the Expendables movie. Like this is just like, oh yeah, an old guy like coming back in to prove that he still got it kind of a thing. Like and I I hate that. I loathe it with a passion. I don't think that's what this is though. Like, I think that this was more for him, like a retirement, not like a, like, I guess the character in the movie is like, Oh, I'm retired and I'm coming back out. But like, I think for Clint, he's like, he had high plains drifter, which came out just a few years before this. And I think got nominated for an Academy award. I think got nominated for like best picture or something. Um, and so like, I feel like this was like his swan song, swan song. And is a movie guilty of inspiring other movies to do the same thing worse later on? No, no, no. I'm saying that I think that that as a notion is obnoxious. Just all across the board? Across the board. Okay, gotcha. Like, this is obnoxious for being that in the same way that Expendables is obnoxious for being that. Oh, I see. Why does that bother you? I'm curious. 
I don't know. Like it, it's it, it, the other one that like really bothered me. To be honest, was uh, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, where it was like, uh, like Rocky. Oh yeah, like the sixth one. The sixth one. Yeah, where it's like the the main like uh, adversary isn't even who he's fighting. It's his son. Like it's his relationship with his son, and it's his relationship with himself. Like proving that he like has something to prove that he still has got this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm even in his old age. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not old. Uh, I'm still very young and I just don't understand that like feeling from it, from an elderly person. But, uh, but to be honest, what it feels like to me is it feels like, uh, you know, all writers or in this case, you know, directors, people who or or lead actors, um, People put themselves on the page, and I get that, but sometimes it's too on the nose. And, uh, like, don't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like show, show, your, uh, show your ability to tell a story without it needing to be your story and so obvious to all of us that, that you're just telling us your story, that you, you still got it kind of a thing. I hate that. It bothers me so much. You know, I uh, I hope I'm never guilty of it. A bit, a bit of trivia. I think I forgot to talk about because I I I don't know that this is that where like Clint Eastwood bought the rights to this movie. I think ten years before he made it, and he wanted to just sit on it until he was old enough to be Will Money because he wanted to be Will Money. So I don't even know that that's like necessarily. I don't know. He Him wanted putting to be good enough, in. and then wait long enough. So that he could come back and be good enough again. <laughs> um, I don't even know that I followed that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I actually probably wouldn't put this in that category. I think for me, it felt more like he this was just a way for him to retire. It wasn't him trying to like get back or prove himself. It was like, you know, his wife died. He's trying to take care of these two kids. They're in a really bad situation, and this is a way to make a quick buck. Yeah, but I'm. I guess that's what I'm saying. Is it's like, is that just Clint Eastwood? <laughs> like, like he's got these kids, and this is a quick way to make a buck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> to finally do the 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 passion project he'd been sitting on. Oh, so you're complaining about Clint Eastwood real life? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I'm saying that. Uh, I'm saying that. I'm I thought, saying that I thought Scott would have a response to that. <laughs> Got it. I'm s- acknowledged. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying that Clint Eastwood made a thinly veiled uh, self portrayal. But did he make it? Like it's not like he wrote the movie. You know, like no, I think, he didn't like, write the movie, but he, but he damn sure directed. I think it. he definitely wrote himself into like the- an old man yeah. <laughs> is like the perfect person to tell a story around, like dealing with change in the world, right? Or like like talking about like how you understand change because old people suck at dealing with change and like this was a time of great change in the world as well, <laughs> and so like like that's I mean young people suck at it. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, it's like I I hate change too. Like, but I not mean, not like, like an old man, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and and you won't you won't understand it until you are that old man. Uh, I think apparently. Yeah. I I guess but like, I like, mean maybe Jake, are you that old man? Yeah, yeah, maybe you're just an old soul, Jake. Yeah. But no, like like I think about like why, why don't Jake you... loves this movie so much. He sees himself in Will Money. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm haunted by the sins of my past. Yeah, that's what Jake's doing with this podcast. He's just proving that he still has it. <laughs> I haven't even proved that I had it to begin with. What do you mean, still has it? <laughs> I quit this podcast. That's the case. <laughs> I've got to prove that I Sounds got it. Like we keep interrupting you. No, I got nothing. I was going to talk about No Country for Old Men, but I forgot what I was going to say. So <laughs> you're talking about old people. Yeah, uh, they they are they don't do well with change. Oh yeah, I guess this isn't. I guess it is a different situation because it's not like Tommy Lee Jones uh, wrote Oh No Country for Old Men. But like, why is this any different than <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones playing the old man who doesn't know did. how? Yeah, because he because he, he didn't yeah. write it. <laughs> He didn't direct it. Yeah. Like, he didn't make this movie. He was just cast in it. When I thought about it, and I forgot that Clint Eastwood directed this. Directed <laughs> and starred in it. Like, I think I would feel even differently if Clint Eastwood didn't star in this movie. Like, this is just so, like, it's so vain feeling to me. Like, it, it just feels way too vain. Writing, uh, or sorry, directing and starring in a movie feels vain to me in general which is apparently Clint Eastwood said this was the last time he would do it. And this isn't even the last time he would do it playing with Morgan Freeman as a supporting actor, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Uh, do you guys, are you guys okay with it when they don't star in it, but they do have appearances in it? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me a ton when an actor, uh, like, uh, writes and stars or directs and stars or writes directs and stars i just think it bothers me when they write and or one of the other two things like w like two of those three things when they write and direct or they direct and star or they write and star and it is eerily similar to circumstances that they would just naturally be going through in life in that life stage it just feels super cheesy to me so like it's like yeah we get it you know but like jgl does don john like he wrote and like directed a character and acted a character very different from himself but like clint eastwood directs a movie that he stars in that is really just clint eastwood like and that just feels overly like obnoxiously on the nose to me so what do you Boy, know Jake, about Clint Eastwood's yeah. past that uh, you haven't told us? Has he been killing everything that everything that crawled, walked or crawled? Yeah, my dad uh, went to a uh, sheriff's conference where he was the keynote speaker, and he just told everyone about all the people he murdered. Is, did he give his <laughs> little speech from the end of the movie? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, but poorly, like he, he delivered all the lines wrong. He, he actually did all of, uh, Bill's lines instead of, uh, Will's lines. Okay. Yeah. Did he, uh, direct it at an empty chair? What? <laughs> it, oh, got it. Like, was that that, yeah, that crazy yeah, thing that did. Clint did? Yeah, <laughs> I went out on a limb because I could not remember if that was Clint or not. No, it definitely was. <laughs> uh, okay, Tyler, question for you: Does does Rocky one bother you? Not at all. But isn't that the same thing? No, because he's not old in that movie. So it's only it's, <laughs> it's only if old they're people. old. No, it's not old people. It's not old people. Uh, no, Tyler's ageist. Old people. It it doesn't bother me. It doesn't really bother me at all because 
it it's not like he's like Sly's not writing like he's not writing himself on the page super on the nose. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and so like that's what bothers me is it's like when you put yourself on the page too much where everyone like sees the connection, it's like it just bugs me, especially when they have gray hair. Uh, we don't have shirts yet. I'm but gonna get canceled yeah. for being ageist. Can we now? get a like, shirt that says "Tyler any... hates old people"? <laughs> Is that why when shirt. when Dan showed you his screenplay, you said it sucked? Yeah, because it was just a story about a ancient, yeah, like, and yet immortal uh, middle aged man whose with, friend wrecked his trailer. Whose friend wrecked his trailer? And I was like, "This is too on the nose, Dan." Sounds more like a short to me. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly impressive script in any way. He's not a good writer. <laughs> uh, Jake, I, I feel like you had some fun trivia for us um, that you shared beforehand. Oh, about Clint Eastwood's... Uh, let me get the quote up. Um, so this was something that Clint Eastwood said. He thought he would never win an Oscar. Uh, I don't know if I can say a lot of this, actually. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's his words that he's already it's made public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's his words. Man. He reckoned he would never win an Oscar you. because, first of all, I'm not. <laughs> secondly, I make too much money, and thirdly, and most importantly, because I don't give an f. Uh, <laughs> and and he was wrong. He won it, and then he did it again. He was he was wrong, but you can see why I feel like we just watched a movie about Clint. He was right? he was wrong for the wrong reasons. <laughs> On hearing that quote, it just sounds like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Another fun bit of trivia about Clint Eastwood uh, not being that nice is he got his mom uh, to be an extra on the scene, on the set, and she spent a whole day in like a really uh, hot, heavy dress, and then he cut it. Cut it, cut it from the movie. <laughs> he said the movie was too long and something had to go. I mean, it. That's the funny thing is, it wasn't. It's not like it. I mean, it was long, but it wasn't that long. It was. It felt a little. It long. was two hours and ten minutes. It could have lost twenty minutes. It could have <laughs> lost another twenty minutes, and it would have been better. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't feel. It didn't feel like. Uh, it didn't feel like it was long. It just felt like it was rambling. Yeah, I, I just felt like the whole thing just had third act problems. I, I think the first act was great, second act was great, third act it kind of fell apart for me. I, I I actually think it had second and third act problems. <laughs> what, what was your issue with the second act? Well, I, I already mentioned it at the top, but it, it just didn't feel like it developed the, the characters, the enough. characters enough. Right. Like, it just felt like we were just... Uh, like meandering through plot that was not that like rich of a plot. Like mm-hmm. it was a very like flat plot, but we spent way too much time in the plot. We didn't develop the characters at all. And so we have this like, like average at best, like plot that we're just dragging our feet through uh, and not getting any payoff for it. That's fair. I have one question, uh, kind of changing, Zach's, kind of changing topics. Chuckling. Uh, I'm just, I'm it, just laughing because just, <laughs> I just feel so bad for Jake. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like just, 
I'm pretty used to it. Jake, it's not personal. I take it. I promise. As such. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I have a question for you, uh, uh, changing tack a little bit, and it's for Tyler, who took his headphones off. Uh, okay, no, okay, you can hear me? Uh, um, you, before we started recording, said that you would have lifted little, oh, I'm sorry, uh, English Bob out of this movie. Why? Okay, so th- this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, where, like, English Bob really only existed to uh, deepen character development on Bill, who we didn't, as it turned out, really need a ton of development for. Like, he was super developed as a character. And English Bob's only existence was to portray Bill as, you know, a hard nose. And we could have done that a lot more succinctly uh, and like removed, lifted Bob completely out of the story. Or we could have actually used Bob in some way in this movie, in the plot of the movie. But Bob did literally nothing for the plot of this movie. All he did was create more character depth for a secondary character, which is, I think, I mean... It, it was good for Gene Hackman. It won him an Oscar because he was the only character we could attach to. Um, but it introduced the biographer. That's, I was going to say a few things about like, maybe it didn't drive the plot that far forward, but I feel like it uh, like played into the, some of the themes of like uh, a lot of those, like, you know, deconstructing those myths of the old West and like, you know, all these people got famous off these biographers just lying or not understanding and then, uh, like, that kind of thing. And then also it introduced the biographer who, and that that whole scene, that conversation they have with Little Bill. But I guess you're right that that is just development for Little Bill. Well, that's one thing that I'm glad you brought up the biographer, uh, or Scott and you brought up the biographer, because that's a that's another thing that I'm like, I... I I felt like what he could have not been in the movie. He could have not been in the movie because they either just didn't do their job well enough that, that he was such a central character to the story of this deconstruction that you're talking about. And they just didn't do enough to like really sell that because I think like one of the best like things that this could have done that would have really like really tied this movie together would have been if they would have really told, like, shown us that the prologue uh, script and the epilogue script were written by this biographer. That's interesting. But there's no indication of It's that. interesting that you say that because I kind of took it that way. Uh, when I watched it, especially, like, watching the end scene and, like, where Scott was talking about how it wasn't believable... I kind of took it that because like they they cut to his face and he's like odd and he he like he right. you yeah. you can tell right. he's gonna be writing about this and then he's trying to ask right. Will Money about all these things and like it doesn't make sense and it's kind of like oh well maybe that's not what happened but that's what he's reporting and that's how I took it uh, thinking about it afterwards like that was kind of my little headcanon. Yeah, totally. And and I think that like I had to make that leap with you, but like it's a leap. Like there's nothing that supports that whatsoever in the movie. Like if they would have just shown him writing that or like it like there were so many ways that they could have really made like tied that up a little bit 
and it would have given the movie a lot more like depth in the plot and like in the in the end and the resolution and like it it just would have been so great if they had done that but they didn't and so now we're just left with like was all of this pointless like i yeah it, it, this movie for me was uh really great on paper and terrible in execution there you have it <laughs> I feel like Tyler's um, inconsistent on how he feels about this movie. I'm really interested to see what he's gonna rate it. I feel like I feel like sometimes he's like this is awesome, and sometimes he's like ah, I don't like it. So we're I'm really interested. Well, I think he's just saying critical things about. It. I don't know if he's necessarily said. But can you like a ton on how much it affected how much you? How much it. can you like a movie that was terribly executed? <laughs> I do it all the time, and Scott definitely does it with every friggin' movie he nominates. <laughs> That's so. Very true. <laughs> Independence Day every day. I mean, no, for real. I mean, there are lots of movies that I really enjoy, but are poorly executed. But I am, I am also one of the people I think on this podcast that bases my review on how it's executed, not how I enjoyed it. Mine's fully on if I would watch it again. <laughs> wait, wait. How do I do it? I feel like you're mostly on yours is execution. based on I've, its comparison to Spirited Away. I'm very yeah. He's <laughs> been very comparing true. to Spirited Away even before he saw it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, my comment at that was only a dig at. Scott. I was gonna say I feel like I really tried. Like I I rated some movies I did not like watching. Fairly high. That that comment that comment was yeah. Uh, so did I. That comment there will be blood. It should have been like a one. <laughs> Scott, it's late. I don't want to yell and wake up my neighbors. <laughs> that comment was entirely directed at Scott. Scott, so. what if you had to rewatch There Will Be Blood or Spirited Away? There will be blood every day. There will be blood I, is I, I actually, a double the life. I have uh, rewatched There Will Be Blood since we watched it for the podcast. Oh, have you? Yeah. I will never watch Spirited Away again. <laughs> It was the, one of the trashiest movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh... You you can add. No, you, you know what's funny about that is that I had friends reach out that were mad at Tyler during that episode, and I was like, "Why is Tyler get Scott hated it just as much?" Like I feel like you got Scott. It's you just, got yeah, off scot free. No, it's because I'm Scott, <laughs> and people are used to my hot takes. Tyler normally like goes with what IMDb and RT or in the yeah, other. Yeah. I, I think no, that I, Scott hated it more offline than he did on the episode. <laughs> I the think thing. maybe too. I, I I rated it a three point nine. That's true, but I don't feel like you said that many things about it in the episode. It's, it's true, but just there was nothing to say. I, this is the thing I said over and over again. It has no plot. I'm just I'm just What's happy. The story? I'm no. I'm I'm just happy that my friends that love this movie are gonna hear you say it's one of the trashiest movies you've ever seen. It's, just when they thought it was over, they get it. Just should have been. Just when they thought it was over. Second commercial. Just when they thought that they were safe. Scott gets right back at him again. I don't. I don't know if you heard. I said it would have been better as a commercial than a movie. A commercial for what? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> pig feed. <laughs> Wow! Oh no, Scott broke himself. Now I, now I wish that that was our episode description. You can change it. 
Yeah, we can go back. Yeah, we can go back. <laughs> Wait. I don't know, though. I, I really like uh, Men in Black. Yeah, with, uh, with no context. A, the Men in Black of anime. <laughs> also, who put the Wally episode description up on Spotify that says <laughs> RP boys finally review a good cartoon movie? <laughs> that was Scott. <laughs> that had me dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we've only done one other one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a commercial for pig feed. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. Well, l- what do you guys say we wind this one down? Wrap it up for the books. Yeah, let's yeah, let's so do it. it. Sounds like we'll probably go Jake first. We'll maybe we'll end with Tyler and then Zach and I will go in the middle. Okay. All right. Uh am I just I'm going for it. I don't got to spin up my servers. Yeah, but remember Remember, we we we've made a promise to Tom. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna rate this an eight biographers who peed their pants. <laughs> Scott, that's actually way lower than I thought you were gonna give this. Jake. Yeah, me too. I I love I'm it, giving, but you know it has its problems. I'm giving this um, a seven point six. Friends killed off screen. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually going to give this a seven, but Tyler and Scott talked me down a little bit. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I, I didn't 7. even, 6. yeah, I didn't even think about how Morgan Freeman being killed off screen, like kind of sucked. So like, man, I couldn't talk you up, huh? No, no, you didn't. I'm sorry. <sighs> um, I think everything that I appreciate about this movie, you had already told me previously, which I stand by. I, I appreciate th- that about the movie, but uh, there are some there are some things that I I hadn't considered that Tyler and Scott brought up. So um, I'll give it uh, a six point nine. Um, or, oh, oh, sorry. Let me rephrase this. I'll give it six point nine free ones. So it only went down point one. Yeah, I I don't want to give it like a six point five. That seems too low. But yeah, it doesn't feel like I can give it a seven anymore. That's fair. Well, uh, you just threw me under the bus because uh, I'm going to give this uh, 6.5 meandering plots. For sure. That's that's fair. All right. So just a reminder for everybody, this movie, the other guys gave this a 96%. Oof. And it is an 8.2 on Rotten Potatoes. But that's wrong. It's, no. It's, <laughs> it's an 8.2 on uh, IMDb. We're, oh, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to bleep that. You, no, said you, said right you said potatoes. You said rotten. You said rotten potatoes. And I was like, I rated it highest. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The uh, IMDb uh, gave it an eight point. That's high for IMDb. This, this is high for IMDb. I mean, the, it's it's point two under Wally, and uh, it's point one under Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I mean, that's, you hear that, Jake? That hurts. <laughs> IMDb like. Requiem for a Dream more than they liked this movie. Yeah, you know what? That's just that's the man. That just loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. This was a best picture winner. This won a total of four Academy Awards, nominated for nine, and on Rotten Potatoes, it is a 73%. That feels that low. That's a, that's a solid score. That feels low. I was hoping for at least a 77. No, I'm. You're lucky. This was above the seven. <laughs> I gave you a generous, a generous score of a seven point six. I at one point during this recording thought about reducing it by a full point. Wow! Wow! 
<laughs> Jeez. Uh, Jake, how are you feeling right now? Like, is this, uh, like... Uh, I, it's better than I expected, honestly. Really? It's better? You know, like, like I, I picked this, and you I started watching it, and I was like, oh, I love this, so I'm going to be pretty upset when we record. Because <laughs> uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was hooked more than I have been uh, watching it. But, yeah, I, I feel like I, I got out better than I usually do. I thought I'd be the only one that didn't like this. Really? Yeah. You really thought so? I thought so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, not necessarily for anything because of the movie, but knowing that like it's rated so high. And I've I've never heard anyone prior to this say anything bad about the movie. And I know people that really love this movie, so when I watched it and didn't, I just thought like I'm I'm just on the wrong side of history. Yeah, no, I I I, I hear you, but I definitely liked it less than you, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm happy to hear it. I I don't know if that's even necessarily true. I think maybe I just rated it a little too high just because of my fear of being on the wrong side of history. <laughs> I think if I was going purely off of subjective, I it would have been in the fives for me. <laughs> we could have stopped talking a while ago. <laughs> Scott's his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I already rated it. So, no, I mean, I mean, purely subjectively, like sub, my subjective enjoyment would be in, like, honestly, it would be in like the twos. My subjective would enjoyment would have been like a nine, <laughs> like a wow. nine point yeah. five. Honestly, twos or my subjective, my subjective would probably be about a full point less, probably about six point five. But I mean, the reality is, recording. here's the thing. <laughs> no, wait. Here's the thing. This movie, here's the thing. This movie was absolutely gorgeous. It was beautifully shot. I loved what they did with natural light. I think that, like, it was beautiful. Uh, and I felt like a lot of the acting was really good. It just really came down to plot for me. The plot was just so terrible <laughs> that it it just, that that's why that's why I rated it, why I rated it. Uh, it, it just, for me, like, yeah, the the plot was just. Uh, you know joke. what? Uh, I'm glad I'm still recording, actually, because I do need to call out the triple threat that is Clint Eastwood, because uh, okay. you know he's an actor, he's a director, he also does music. He did the main theme for this song, for this movie. That's true, that's true. But here's the thing: he's not a quadruple threat because he's not a Jew. <laughs> See, uh, that's something that Tyler should have been afraid to say. Whereas Jake, you were just quoting Clint Eastwood, so yeah. I'm quoting Clint Eastwood. That was his yeah, thing. Nah, he nah, said, "Like I can't win because I'm not a Jew." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe we should end this before we get canceled. That's a that's a fair idea. Before we before we end it though, uh, we are doing my movie next week. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, make sure to watch Spotlight. Uh, sometime, sometime this week, so that you can uh, you can tune in and enjoy with us. And I know what you're thinking. Mark Ruffalo's Jay. in it. He's not the Hulk. It's kind of a bummer. <laughs> He's he does Hulk out though at some yeah. point. Jake, we'll give you final thoughts since uh, we trashed all over this trashy movie. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this was so much worse in the last thirty seconds. Like I. <laughs>